in a word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for this opportunity to fellowship around your word. We thank you for this beautiful fall weather and this beautiful fall morning. We ask this morning that your spirit would be in our midst, that it would open the word for the speaker that it would give him natural strength and open his lips, that he could bring forth a message from your heart for us. We ask that you would open our hearts and our ears that we could hear and that we could be refreshed and guided. We ask that you would lead our nation, that you would give us leaders that would look to you. We ask that you would bless us with this freedom that we enjoy of gathering and openness. We ask that you would give us wisdom and hearts to know and desire and look to you in good and in bad. We ask that you would give us hearts that we could walk by faith and be an example that 
hearts could be drawn to you. We ask that you would refresh and guide us. We ask these things in Jesus' name, who have taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Does anybody have a song we can continue with? everybody out. One of the designated texts on the calendar was Psalm 149. I won't speak on it, but I'll read it. It's, it's good, good and uplifting. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the, and his praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let, him, let them sing praises unto him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will, be, he will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute, to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them 
the judgment written, this honor have all his saints. <coughs> this honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. text this morning, I'll take a very familiar story told by Jesus in God's word, the story of the prodigal son, and as Shane has already prayed that this word should be opened to all of us, that we could find, find nourishment and find encouragement for our daily walk. So I'll read from the 15th chapter of Luke, uh, starting at the 11th verse. Reading through to the end, 32nd verse. That's Luke 15, 11th verse. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, give me, father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he fain would have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no no longer worthy, worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, and had compassion on him, and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and the shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received, received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandments, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, be multiplied unto each one gathered here this morning, now and even forever. Amen. We see here the, the nature of, of man coming out. I'm sure we all are familiar with it. And we see that that scripture that says that we should, I think it's in the Old Testament, in the Psalms possibly, where it says that we are to bring up our children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. It's not easy. And all of you, all of you, we're, we're kind of on the other end of life, some of us, but all of you young people, this little one, I'm sure you've already found that out, that it's, it's not easy and we can't do it of ourselves and we, 
we always have to ask for guidance from above. But this father here had been had been faithful. Doesn't say anything about the mother, but but it's a picture of our heavenly Father, I believe. This this story. But we have we have the two sons here. A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me a portion of the goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. So this this younger son wanted to leave home. And I, and I think of, of my younger years. And, and you come to, we all do, I think. We come to a, a place in life where we where we leave our parents' nest, would you say, and we want to go out and see what's out there in in the big wide world and find a job and leave home and and do these things. And we come to a place where we have a a uh, I'm sure it takes takes place in every individual where we have to make decisions of what what is it I actually am? What is it I actually stand for? What is it I actually believe? I think this is where this young man is. He he asks for his his lot in life that, that comes from his father as a as an inheritance and it says not many days after after this it says the father divided unto them his living. The both both sons took their inheritance. So it says, not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. We can, we can look at the, the natural side of that and say that he might have had some, some form of, of a cash inheritance or, or whatever and settlement his dad gave him and he went out there and, and lived it up. Or we could, or we could look at the spiritual side of that and say that he left, he left off those teachings that his father had, had instilled in him, his parents had instilled in him. And, and this brings me back to a, an experience that, well, back in my Yellowknife days, I call it, there was 18 bachelors living in a, under one roof. And for some reason, we, we weren't having any services of any kind, but for some reason there was only three of us left in the house one Sunday morning about 10 o'clock. And we sat around the kitchen table and, and with a little tinny tape recorder we put on a tape, a sermon, and listened to it. And I suppose it took about an hour. And there was only three of us and, they, and, and after the sermon we we were talking about some of the things that had been said. And this young man, this, this goes back over 50 years because it's hard to, hard to believe, but this one, one young man opened up and, and said that when I left home, dad and I had a, a good talk and, and he reminded me of the importance of Faith, as I said, you go out into the world of work or meeting new people or whatever it might be and finding a place to live in. And, and you come up against things that you didn't think existed even. Anyways, he said that he and his dad had a good talk and his dad reminded him of the things of faith his upbringing and and he had said to, to his dad that well he says there's so many problems in the church and amongst people that I'm just going to forget about those things for a while and his dad had I'm sure been taken aback a bit by that being a father I would feel that way myself but his dad had said well he didn't 
uh, get too shook up about it. He said, well, you may forget about God for the time being, but be assured that God won't forget about you. The three of us listened listened to that sermon. And he opened up that way. And he said that I can see that Dad was right. He hadn't been living in riotous living. But he had made that comment and that statement and and probably did forget about the things of faith and the spiritual side of life for a time. He wanted to make that right. I'm sure before this text it talks about different things. Uh, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after them? Go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth on his shoulders rejoicing. I'm sure that dad felt that way when he heard about that. A thousand miles away. Said, and when he cometh home, he he calleth together his friends and neighbors and saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. We can we can get a small feeling of of these things and, and the, the joy that his father had, and it goes on to another one: the, the woman losing losing one piece of silver out of ten, and it's the same thing. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. This young man here in the story goes into a far country and lives it up. It looks like. It says he wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. Now, was he off in a faraway country or was he off in that faraway land where God is not near because we know that even in this building God is near Jesus says different times that this word is nigh thee even in thy heart in in thy mouth there's a closeness here you don't find out in the world So he kind of comes to the end of his his uh, own understandings, we might say here. Says he had spent all, and there arose a mighty famine in that land. He he began to be in want and in hunger, and, and wondering. I'm putting a spiritual slant on this, wondering where his where his next meal might be coming from. It says that he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. He took, he took on other people's understandings, other, other types of faith. And he had that presence of mind to remember what it was like back at home, back in his father's house. Now, if he had not been raised in this, he might not have had that. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there in the world that, that suffer this this hungering and wanting, and, and and they don't know what the Word says. Come unto me. We sang in that song. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, Jesus says. They don't know that. They don't have that verse instilled in their mind from being raised in this understanding. So he goes and works. It says says that he goes and works for a, a citizen of this far country. And this citizen he's working for sends him into the field to feed swine. 
he didn't have much to eat himself. It says there was a mighty famine in the land. And he's feeding these swine with the same nourishment. Or he, he, he eats of the same thing that he's feeding the swine with. With these so-called good understandings this world offers. But he's in want. It says, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. There was no one, no one to help him. In, the, in this understanding we have of, of faith, we believe that we're ambassadors for Christ, we're, we're his servants, we're his brothers and his sisters, and we can feed each other, we can help each other out. In the name of Jesus, we don't, we don't do it of our own strength, we do it in the name of Jesus. It said there was no one to help him here. Fortunately, he had that presence of mind to think back of where there is help. He was starving. He's, he's eating these same husks that he's feeding the swine. He says, he fain would have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And that word fain means he, he did it reluctantly. He ate these things because that was all that was in front of him. That's all that was there. Nobody had anything to offer him any better. When he came to himself, he said, how many, serv- how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? We can be thankful that the, the, this young man was raised in faith. And we can be thankful that he had the presence of mind to remember what was out there? He, he had it. He had it right in front of him. What he had to, what he had to eat, these husks. But he remembered that back in my father's house, things are not the same way. He makes a he makes a, a sort of a repentance here. He makes up his mind. You know, it's it's interesting how how the human. Of course, I I haven't. I'm not a professional. Study, studying human nature, but I, I, I've, I've kept an eye on these things probably all my life. And unless his will is changed, he doesn't change. This young man's will is changing. We might say it's not the fullness of a repentance, but it's, his will is changing. I know what to do. I know where to go. I know where there's help to be found. Back in my father's house. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. This is a, this is a, an acknowledging thing. I, I, I've heard a, I heard a long story and I won't go into it, but our old, dear old minister, Andrew Michelson told a story about a man who was in the war and the ship was torpedoed and they thought it was going down and the lights went out and he made a vow that if we make it back to the U.S., he was coming back from Europe, that he will go to the children of God and set his life in order. And he said when he got back to New York, he was glad to be safe on land again, and he forgot all about his vows. Anyways, it goes. it's a long story, but it's, it's such a good one. But this man makes a vow sort of here. I will arise, he says to himself. He says he came to himself. He came to the realization, I'm not in a good place. I know where there's help. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go back to my father. He goes back to his father. Or he he thinks about it. He says, this is what he's going to say. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. He did what what he had said in his 
He doesn't say he said it to anyone else but himself. He said, he said he's going to make, make up his mind and do this. He arose and came to his father, but when he was a, yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. We talk about the father's kiss and we talk about, I, I've heard this all my life that some feel that he was already in a saved condition. I would say he was in a good condition, but we see later that the father makes it a, a perfect condition through through what he says here and what he does. His father, I'm sure he was happy the son is coming back. When the father saw him, he had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. I am not in the household of faith. I have sinned. Sin separates me from God. Sin separates you and I from God. Every one of us. Separated this young man from God. So I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. father said unto his servants bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry father calls the servants we're we're the servants we're the ambassadors we're we're the ones that that speak for Jesus and, and God of course in this crazy world where men look to all kinds of other things to to find consolation going back if you, you know, back in Matthew here talking about the the uh, parable of the sower the seed that fell among thorns here in Matthew what is it Matthew 13 22, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word and he becometh unfruitful. This is where this this young man had been. He was living an unfruitful, unproductive life. Not only that, but we don't have hope of eternal life. People that don't have that concept in their hearts and in their minds certainly don't know what they're missing. And it's been said many times that if people knew where they were headed going down that road, there wouldn't be an unbeliever left on earth. It's not going to be nice. For those that don't pay heed to the call, Bring forth the best robe. The best robe is a robe of righteousness. The servants can clothe this man with a robe of righteousness. That robe that is, I, I guess I think of it as, as, in a physical sense, looking like Jesus looked when he returned to this earth. In that, in that state of absolute perfection. After he had been to the Father, and the Father blessed him and, and assured him that what work you have done is a perfect work. He came back in a glorified state. The disciples saw him. He ate with him. He communed with him. He spoke with him in his glorified state. We're gonna we're gonna be like that. We're gonna look like that in that robe of righteousness. Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Clothe him with this perfection, this perfect robe. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. The ring on, on the hand represents marriage. But Jesus is the, is the bridegroom and we are the bride. Oh, people wear all kinds of jewelry all over the place for styles and reasons like that, but 
I think that's what this ring means. He is now married to the... He's part of the bride of Christ. And he is married to the bridegroom, Jesus Christ. Now, put the robe on and put the ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. The word talks in different places about being prepared with a with a gospel, and and that being the pre- the preparation of the gospel as being the shoes that are on our feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. I believe the fatted calf is a picture of of Jesus dying for us, and and we feed on him, we have joy in that. People that don't understand that, they look at that with their natural understanding and they just, they're just disgusted with that. But Jesus would die and they would feed on him. Well, it's, it's deeper than that. So much deeper that it's hard for us to even comprehend it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead. He went into the world and he lost that childlike faith that he had been raised in. He died. He died and he went into this new life as he thought it would be. But that new life that he was enjoying for a short time there, he found to end up in starvation and living with with these herds of swine he was feeding. That's all it had to offer. This world has nothing for us to offer. This world has all kinds of attractions. Nothing to offer concerning spiritual life. This, my son, was dead and is alive again. Jesus died and was alive again. We'd be so thankful for that. He overcame all, all wrongdoing. He overcame death. He overcame the cross. He overcame all the ridicule that he had been given. And we experience that ourselves with, with Jesus. It says they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field and as he came and drew nigh to the house he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant what's going on in there anyways he says what's going on the servant says thy brother is come and thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound he's received the son back into the fold and the son is safe and sound he was, he was angry and would not go in. It seems that there was a a bit of self-righteousness there. He couldn't seem to enjoy the fact that his father, his his uh, brother had come back into the fold. All he thought of was the bad things the brother had committed. When we go when we go into that that. Uh, world that I'll read these things I think we hear once in a while from this place in Galatians 5 starting with the 18th verse but if ye be led by the spirit ye are not under the law now the works of the flesh are manifest manifest which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness lasciviousness idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, strife, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. It seems like the list hardly hardly stops. This is is where this young man had been. And this is where he found himself starving. Starving for good, solid spiritual food. Envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So the young man finds himself on the outside, living 
and riotous living. Who knows if he sinned in every one of these things it names, but it took his peace away. And and that's depressing. The, all these things that are depressing, but it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And this is the part I like the best. And sometimes we use this expression in a kind of a joking term. Against such there is no law. We could say about something, there's no law against it. Well, if we are up on the news and the police reports and the papers, we can see that there's, there's many laws broken. But I've never, I've never seen these laws broken. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, patience, meekness, temperance. I've never, I've never seen a, a court case announced where, where these things have been the problem. Against such there is no law. There's no law against these things. No, no law against loving your brother. No law against helping someone out. No law against being long-suffering with someone or gentle with someone. These things are the fruit of the Spirit. And that's, that's what this, this young man was missing and that's why he came back. So, so the brother is only, only seeing his, the older brother is only seeing the younger brother's faults. How come, how come dad hasn't hasn't thrown any parties for me. I've never broken any laws. I've never, I've never gone into the world like he did. Bit of a self-righteousness there. So the servant tells the older brother, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. He was angry. The, the older brother was angry. He would not go in. Therefore his father came out and entreated him. He asks him, what, what, what's the trouble? He answering said unto his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry, make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy li- living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. He didn't say that the younger brother had come and repented, or wanted to make things right, wanted to straighten his life around. The older brother doesn't mention a thing about that. He just says, he's the one that, that went and wasted his his, his life with harlots. And they have killed for him the fatted calf. What about me, is what he's saying. The father says, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. The, the, the self-righteous heart maybe doesn't look as bad as and the, the older the older brother's problems maybe didn't look as bad as the younger brother's problems, but they both had problems. He said, Thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. Yeah, he had an inward problem that maybe nobody saw. Maybe the father wasn't even aware of that. We don't know. All that I have is yours. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is why they made merry. And, and that's, why, that's why when the, when the uh, as I read before, the man 
man finds his lost sheep. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. It seems like it's it's worse, although they're both bad. If, if someone goes away and stays away, than someone who has never known the truth. It says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. We all need that repentance. We all need to, to, on a regular basis, come to that place where we know we're sinners. We, we don't have to come to that place that some do where they are constantly bemoaning the fact. But we have to be aware of that. And the Spirit will show us. The Spirit will always lead us and guide us. And we may not throw a party like this man does, but we do rejoice. We're happy. And as I, as I mentioned that young man in Yellowknife so many years ago, he was happy. We, we, we laid our hands on him and assured him that Jesus died for these things, that all is well with you. And he was happy. He was happy that God had given him the strength, I'm sure, that he could open his mouth and make himself known. We would, we would that we could all stay on that road. Stay on that road of faith. The world is in great turmoil. Sometimes we don't know which end is up. And the most important thing is that we remain, we remain believing. We remain believing that Jesus has died for those things that might be bothering us or those times where we might forget about God just keep a steady course and keep our hand in the hand of our our Savior in Jesus name Amen Someone have a song? Oh May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us. And give us everlasting peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.